This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Politrics. Welcome to Wow, What a Week, hashtag Politrics. We're pretty sure Justice Zondo doesn't have any issues with him just yet. So for now, we're glad to have him here to give us some guidance around political issues. Please welcome back Butsang Mudimuwame Mwilwa. Kosi Mwilwa. Yes, morning, brother Fresh. Indeed, brother. I, I, I will hope I will never have a bad state of affairs with Justice Zondo. I'm very far from there. Uh, we, we, we hope you don't. I, I will stay away from troubles. He's been accused of uh, overreaching, uh, talking about how Parliament is not uh, doing what they ought to be doing. Look, uh, I, I, I think the, the message is correct. The platform was wrong. Ah, yes. Uh, Justice Zondo is part of one of the arms or wings of government. He should have actually used his office to write to the executive authority mm. or to the Speaker of the National Assembly and say, since I've completed the report, I haven't seen any action of the recommendations of the report. And he failed to do that. He went on in a you know public platform and got excited and speak of the right thing, but they're on platform. Mm, Indeed, mm. the parliament and government wills of justice has not turned, you know, after the uh, almost a billion rand or over a billion rand that we spent on the Zondo Commission. Mm. Nothing has happened mm. basically after that commission. Uh, in fact, speaking of uh, Justice Zondo, um, some justices have been suspended. But President Ramal Posa, obviously it was a recommendation. Yeah, it, 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 it's actually, that's the process. You see how the media plans things. They create an excitement as if President Ramaphosa woke up and suspended these uh, 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 justices or judges, yes. which, which were not performing. You know, they took too long to to can complete their reports. I mean, uh, somebody actually said to me this morning, they want to see there is a white judge who in the recent you know, weeks was reported to have failed to complete reports that are al almost three, you know, judgment that are three years old and Imagine. it's not being mentioned. But yes. I think this is procedural. In mm. this instance, the the, the, the justice, the head justice of Gauti, Dan Kersing's Dustin Mlambo, yes. had as way back as, you know, 2020 started complaining about the conduct of these two just in total, there are six, but in this instance, there are two complaining to say they are not completing their reports timely. It takes between three to six years for them to present judgments after a trial. And and procedurally... And the judgment should take three months, six, if... The prescribed, there's a prescribed period. Yes, yes. And, and, and we don't know why are they delaying, but the, 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 the Justice Act, you know, and the Judicial Act prescribes that what they should do is that they should hold back on giving them new matters. Mm. Yeah, so they partially heard matters, and I know people were very uh, excited and worried about the Sonzo Meiwa's case, which is being held by, you know, Justice uh, 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 Mao Ma, uh, Ma, Ma, yeah. yeah. But the, the prescription of the act is they will have to complete the matters. Uh, and, so that and then they are partially heard. They, they can't be pulled on partially because then they will have to start the law. All over know, they will have all over again. Yeah. And then, uh, but that's what they end prescribed. And I don't think President Ramaphosa has pulled them out, suspended to say, leave what we've been doing, sit at home while we're investigating. That's not the process. Mm. They will complete the partially heard matters and they will not be given any new matters until they complete this one and the suspension period has expired. Would you know whether I can get legal recourse if I feel like my justice has been delayed, therefore denied? Well that I've waited for two years and still no judgment. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know uh, from from the, the legal side, but you know logic and basic is that the the country's been singing the song justice delayed is justice denied. And yeah. and imagine waiting for six years for a judge to make a decision, and, and you are sitting in limbo for mm -hmm. those six years. You can't move on with your life. You are you are one leg convicted, another leg, you are a free person, and I think it's unjust. I think it's very unfair. There must be legal prescripts that, you know, talks to citizens. I think maybe we should get a legal advice on that. Mm -hmm. That will talk to citizens to say, but what if it is the system? Yes. You know, not your own doing, not the lawyers, not the opposition, but the justice system itself is slowly becoming unjust towards the system of the country. I think there must be a legal recourse to that. But, you know, we can talk about it, it might be the system, but why is the system only disadvantaging 
issues being heard by the this group of people when other justices are able to deliver judgments on time? Fresh, it's it's the same. It's, it's performance management. Yeah, I think yeah. the problem here is performance management principles. Mm -hmm. If the Department of Justice was applying a performance management, you know, process, yeah. they would have noted. They would have picked this up, you know, prior. I mean, yeah, it's they're talking years here, not few months. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a trial ended or a case was completed a certain period. There's prescription period to complete. Mm -hmm. There should be a process whereby. The, the president, a uh, uh, justice of Haute, will be able to say, let me get monthly reports, yes. for example, of the progress made on the completed processes. And if they don't have that system in place, mm -hmm. you know, that check balances, then that, that they'll be sitting with a problem. Yeah. Uh, you may find out that actually they are superior, they are supervisor, has failed to monitor them. So where is the monitoring, the evaluation of processes and the performance of these judges? I always say judges are also human beings, they are not machines. Mm -hmm. You know, even machines, your car, you service it, you check its kilometers, you check its temperature, the tire pressure, and all that. Why are we not doing this thing with the with the uh, uh, the, the judges of the of the high court, especially on very serious cases of the high court? We are not talking magistrate courts here. We are talking senior judges of of the high court of the country, and it's very disturbing. Staying in the courts, um, the Susman Foundation. Um, obviously arguing on behalf of just under 200,000 Zimbabweans nationals uh, that are on the ZEP. Um, they won a couple of days ago in the courts. Yes. So um, the Department of Home Affairs and Dr. Aaron Mutualedi have been told that um, the way this was handled, there was not enough consultation and not enough consideration of lives that will be uh, the upheaval that would affect all these lives. If you tell them go back home. But my understanding is um, Dr. Musoledi did not say go back home. He said, we have given you a favorable condition for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Now you must apply for visas that every other citizen on the planet must apply for. Surely that's not, un it's not unreasonable. I, I, I don't think it was unreasonable what Home Affairs presented. I don't think it's unreasonable I, at all. I, I haven't read the, the entire judgment. I haven't accessed the entire judgment. But, you know, from face value, what the courts are saying is that, you know, again, it's the constitutional democracy. It's the human rights element. It's, yes. And as to say, we must consult. I, 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 I have given you a lease for my house, to yes. stay in my house. At the end of the lease, or towards the end of the lease, I'm like, okay, I want, now want to sell my house. Therefore, I'm giving you one month notice or three months notice to mm -hmm. vacate. And you don't do that, or you don't vacate. And the court now is coming in and saying, but there are humanitarian issues. Mm -hmm. There are still challenges, uh, you know, in Zimbabwe. So we created this monster. You know, we are talking 178,000 Zimbabwean nationals. And those are the only ones who Home Affairs says we have issued this uh, Zimbabwe exemption permit to. Remember, I once said Lesotho has the same situation. We have issued the same to Lesotho. But it's only the 178,000 of the approximately 5 million Zimbabweans who are living and, and working in South Africa. The others, one may say they are tourists, the others may be legal in their country. But I, I think, again, I don't think Home Affairs was unreasonable mm. because they, they didn't even give them a short term. Remember, they started this process as way back as 2020. They've been extending it and extending and extending. They extended it to end of December. They actually in, informed now that they extend it to next year, June. So while this trial was happening, uh, Home Affairs extended this process to say to the mm. Zimbabwean mm. uh, nationals, please come and renew, give us reasons why we should renew or come and apply for work permit or study permit, whatever permit is available in the country. So I, I, I think one will have to look at why is the court against this whole process. But, you know, it's, some people are saying they should challenge it, some people are saying they should not challenge it. And to what end then must it be extended and extended and extended because with any other country where you go and work and you have a permit you, um, you, you could have lived there for 10 years yeah. and raised your kids there for 10 years if they decide we are not giving you a renewal anymore you have to go home 
Well, again, uh, it's a frustrating process for the government. Unfortunately, the court have put, you know, uh, uh, the government at a very frustrating point. But I think one will have to also think outside the box and look at the economic impact uh, these people are doing in the country. People are saying they're taking jobs. Well, I've seen somebody saying they're even taking their women. I mean, please, you want to deport a person because he's taking your woman. Fresh, if you can't take your, but, your woman, but, but, another man will. But, but, but also, your woman is not an object. She, like she, exactly. she goes where she wants. Where she wants and where she's comfortable and where she's like. But with regard to jobs, we have almost, you know, 12 to 18 million plus minus unemployed, you know, economically economically active people who are supposed to be in employment. And we are looking at 178,000 uh, permits. Mm. Is that a significant number to can create jobs? And what kind of jobs are we talking about? I, I can tell you practically, I've seen a situation in this country mm. where Zimbabwe nationals, uh, 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 are working in restaurants mostly. You know, they are uh, bartenders or waiters or waitresses and all that. And we have my own younger sisters and nieces. They don't want to do their job. Mm. But again, that's where the labor law comes in because our kids and our youngsters will want this organization or these employers to follow the law, mm. to pay them, you know, the minimum salary. While these people who are desperate from a neighboring country, they will sometimes work shifts without even a pay. They depend on tips and all that. So it's a cash-22 situation, whether they are taking jobs or not. But South Africa has an influx of foreigners. South Africa has an influx of... We, we are actually putting money, and this is, you know, my very clear conscience opinion. We are spending money in dealing with people who are legal in this country. We legalized them. We created that process. Instead of using those resources to fight and, 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 and you know, take out those who are illegal in this country. Mm. Because people who are illegal, chances of somebody who has a permit and we know where that person lives and so forth, chances of them committing a crime are a little bit lower. Mm. Far low, I do not you know a little than somebody who is here illegally. Yeah. So you can track this person, monitor their life. But again, it's our constitutional democracy. It's us being a big brother at some stage in the, in the subcontinent, and it has catched up with us. And our courts have over and over demonstrated that it is not a question of national interest, it's a question of humanity yes. that they will raise above the national interest. In fact, uh, one of the arguments was that um, things are better back home, so surely they can go back home. I think that was uh, that was uh, argued in court. Yes, yes. But, you know, uh, just recently there was new legislation that says you can't speak ill of the government. So there's no way things are better that side. I, I, I personally think things are not better. But I think things are worse, economically and politically. I'll tell you, I was speaking to an Uber driver um, just two days ago. Uh, because I needed to go get my car from service. And he's Zimbabwean. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me that he would rather risk xenophobia and a lynching here than go back home. And, and many years, last night I, I went into some, you know, restaurant that a friend owns. And uh, most of the staff members there, you know, actually they end up buying me a drink. Most are Zimbabweans. Yes. They end up buying me a drink to say, hey, brother, thank you. Because I kept on advising them to say, you know what, even the government says, Go and apply. Don't resist. Go apply. Go apply. Go and do your part. Yes. And so yesterday they were celebrating and happy to say, oh, the court ruled on our favor. And I could see the happiness and, you know, and the relief on these yeah. people's eyes. Mm. Who were saying, there is no change in Zimbabwe. The situation is worse. Mm. Very, you know, draconian laws are being passed at the moment. Right now, yes. Understand? And the elections are coming. And we know when there's elections in Zimbabwe, what happens during that period. Mm. Elections for presidential elections are due in August in Zimbabwe. And we are seeing how the ZANU-led uh, government is coming with worse draconian laws. One of the, the former minister in President Mugabe's cabinet, who's exiled in South Africa, is contesting. Is that Tyson? Uh, Tyson, yes. Yeah. The, the guy they call Tyson is contesting. But, but again, you know, I was thinking of Tyson and his followers. To say, how is he going to contest elections from exile when Zimbabwe has a rule or regulation that says you can't vote while you are outside the country? Mm. You must come home in order to vote. But he's also sitting with two warrants of arrests in, in Zimbabwe. Mm. Uh, so if he goes there to go and contest, he is under the illusion that those warrants of arrest have expired or they've been scrapped off. Mm. But I've, I've read an article written by a Zimbabwean a parliamentary legal expert is in parliament. They say, no, 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 no. They could never be scrapped off when the respondent was not there. He should come in and contest and challenge. But we know once he gets into Zim, he'll be locked up in prison. So, I, I mean, there's, there's, 
millions of Zimbabweans who want change in their country. Mm. They are in South Africa and in other countries like Botswana, neighboring. And, and, and they are, they are, you know, the numbers people are saying it's over 10 million Zimbabweans are living outside Zimbabwe. Mm. Imagine 10 million votes. Uh, what can they do to tip the scale of the presidential elections? And and the Zimbabwean government is not going to change the law. If you want to vote, you must be home. You must come back home and vote while you are at home. Uh, if you are outside, they are not going to make that provision because it's a different situation. South Africa allows South African expatriates in other countries to vote at South African missions abroad, as an example, sure. depending what are you doing abroad. But with this, Zimbabwean Zimbabwe government says, there's no reason you are not in the country. Come back home, bring your assets and your families back home and come and rebuild the country and vote. Yeah. Maybe there's more people, but the, the, in my opinion, the situation is not conducive for the Zimbabweans who can go back home sure. in this instance. It may be a black former liberation movement, you know, Zanu PF ruling, but if you go and you govern, you know, people with draconian rules mm. and killing people, people are disappearing and so people are fearing for their own lives. Absolutely. And so uh, it, it's a very serious challenge for us and for the Zimbabwean government. You were an active diplomat during the Mbeki quite diplomacy years. And many argue that a lot of what went wrong in Zim was because everyone was quiet. What were you thinking at the time as you were seeing this quiet diplomacy happen? You see, I was conflicted. I've got, I had my own political background and the love for President Mugabe in yes. Zimbabwe, and I was a diplomat who is not the ANC member. So I was very conflicted. Yeah. Uh, but look, I don't think it helped us. I think our quiet diplomacy, especially with President Mbeki, mm -hmm. having have been so influential in the continent. Yes. He dealt with, with various conflicts and, and tough issues and to be silent on the situation in, in Zimbabwe. And at that stage, actually, at some stage, we were even the chair of SADC under mm -hmm. President Mbeki. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we let the dog loose at that time. We should have contained this situation with Zimbabwe and influenced it more. Before the millions were in South Africa, you know, the violent and all those things. And President, uh, 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 the late uh, President Mugabe had good relationship with South Africa, historically, mm -hmm. as well as in the, you know, democratic South Africa. I think they should have intensified the engagement. We, we would recall that Botswana tried to have a, you know, Iron Fist deal with, with, with President Mugabe. It, it, was, it was President... President Kama. Kama, yes. The only SADC leader that has pretty much stood up and said, no, Zim, no yeah. Mugabe. And, 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 and you could see that Botswana's influence in there was very minimal, was very little. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was on his own, President Kama, in, in approaching President Mugabe. And so, so, but again, one has to look at the history of Zimbabwe. There's a lot of tribalism in the country. And I think that's the other challenge, you know. That issue of the Shona and the Ndebele tribalism, it's part of the problem. But again, despite the uh, Western sanctions to Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. that, you know, worsened the economic problem in Zimbabwe, despite that, Zimbabwe has been having its own problems with the gold mafia stories coming out, ZANU PF holding on to and clinging on to power, you know, forever, people being mad at. Those are some of the challenges that led Zimbabwe to wait. But to be fair and honest, I think South Africa should have handled the situation better mm -hmm. under President Mbeki. Let's stay within SADC and uh, go to Lesotho. Um, so we had the case of uh, the Zamazama uh, illegal miners in uh, Velkom, 31 of them. Uh, died, um, I think, in an explosion. Sad, sad story. Um, and Foreign Minister Mpochwani, 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 yes. Mpochwani of um, Lesotho, Lesotho apologized, saying uh, economic conditions in Lesotho are leading to a lot of men leaving Lesotho to come this side uh, to mine uh, illegally. And he apologized at a diplomatic level. You hardly ever see anyone apologizing for their citizens going to another country to do anything, whether it's positive or negative. I, I think he bowed to the pleasure of South Africa. Because think so? I think it was the pleasure <laughs> of South Africa because, look, look, I think it, it was of honor for him yes. to do that, first of all, uh, mm. to, to honor. Uh, to say, you know what, let me apologize, it won't harm. For me, it's a diplomatic statement that will not harm. Yes. Will it curb? Will it stop? Will it you know, distract people from not continuing to do that? I doubt if it will. But there was too much pressure from uh, specifically uh, uh, Minister Gwede Mantashe lamenting and blaming the Sutu government for, for not controlling their citizens. But you see, that, that's, that's the issue I wanted to discuss. People are saying, 
we've got porous borders. Everybody's talking about porous borders. If those people move from Lesotho and came to South Africa legally, because you can come and visit South Africa for a certain number of days as a tourist, and they decide to enter into in the so-called illegal mining or Zamazama mining or illegal any illegal activity, the responsibility lies with the South African government to police people who are inside the country. So it's a law enforcement. It's a law enforcement issue. You know, so we need, it's not a mining issue. It's not a mining issue. It's a law enforcement issue. Mm -hmm. You conduct an illegal act, whether it's armed robbery, whether it's mining, whether it's rape, whether it's stealing, it's, it's a law enforcement issue. Mm -hmm. That's where we should start. Are we enforcing the law enough that we should not end up in such you know, activities? Look, it, we, we don't have resources. Our police resources are strange yep. as a country. But we know of the existence of the Zamazamas. We know of the existence of old mines. And, and the first thing we should be doing, we should say, where there's an old mine, there's a potential of Zamazamas in that mine. Do we want to fence it around? Do we want to, you know, secure it? it, it it's not only loss of life, it's risky for also the residents of the area. And children love mine dumps, Some holes, and caves. all those things. Yeah. Fresh. We have one of the best equipped army and the big army in this continent. Mm. We are in crisis. We have, if we have to take our army and put tents next to the old mining sites that we failed as a nation to control, when these mines finish stealing our resources, yeah. we let them go and those resources are not closed or secured the way it's prescribed. So we failed as a government to enforce that. So can't we say to the mining companies that maybe didn't rehabilitate whichever former mine, that we're going to deploy, whether it's private security or the army, but we're sending you the bill. Exactly. Let, let those former mine owners mm. finish their business. They, they were working there. They should foot the bill of whether we're going to pull those 31 people out of there, whether we're going to secure that area mm. until it is safe or it was being put in a position whereby it's not risking the lives of people, where it not be accessed by people who are looking for jobs. And Zamazama, you know, so some people are saying, no, but let's leave these Zamazamas. We have left white people who came here as colonialists to mine because they, they came as thieves as well. Mm. So if we are calling these ones thieves, why are we, we legalized the colonial thieves? And we are letting these ones who are also Zamazami, you know, trying to make life out of it. Very risky situation. I watched on the news yesterday, one of the... The, the Zamazamas, uh, that, that's why the Lesotho government knew before our government of the incident. One In of fact, them, Minister Mantasha is actually complaining about that. That how on earth do you know before we do? If we are sleeping. That your your citizens are stuck in the mine. Oh, if we are sleeping, if we are focusing on checking what is <laughs> the deputy president, what did he steal? We're focusing on wrong things. We're sleeping. Things are happening under our nose. We didn't know that people are illegally mining there. Mm. They, they go home. Remember these people are at work. They make Mondays and money home. So, and, and I can tell you how the system works. They don't all go home and give money to their family. One or two will go home. And the one who went home to take money, you know, gave the news to their families. Obviously, their families will go to the Ministry of, of Home Affairs and say, we have children who have died in South Africa mm. uh, trying to mine. And so that's how they get to know. But you know what's funny? Yesterday on the news, uh, one of the, the, the Zamazamas was saying uh, uh, to Minister Mantaje, can you please let us go and take the we are the best people to know how to take those bodies out there. It's risky. You guys will not know what to do. We live there. We know where they are. We know where everything collapsed. We can take those bodies out. And I was sitting there and saying, if one is really reasonable, why wouldn't we let them? Why are we saying it's dangerous when we have led them to go in there? Now they can go and take those bodies out. It reminded me the story of the, the miners that, uh, uh, you know, the lift collapsed in, in Pumalanga. Oh, and uh, yes. to this day, the government has failed to go and extract and, those and recover them. Mm. So if we, we really think uh, it's too risky, let's let the experts, because these guys have turned into experts, you know, in doing this thing. 31 bodies, it's a lot. Mm. It's a lot of, you know, human life that was lost there. And I think the government should, you know, act up. Sure. Uh, 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 Minister Mantashe must stop fighting with the president and other things that focus on mining issues and security over the old and uh, old mines. Absolutely. What happened in Russia last week? <laughs> hey, you know, if, if, if there's one issue, uh, if there was a movie, let's say a movie, uh, uh, what do you call a comedy movie? What happened? That, that simulation, the simulation in Russia. 
I, I, I want to buy this. Look, the Wagner Group, I don't want to try and pronounce the leader of the, the name of the leader of the Wagner Group. It's, it's complicated for me. But I want to fall into the trap of the story that this was well blended mm. by putting and, 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 and the leader of Wagner. Are you saying it was orchestrated? It, it was an orchestrated thing. You know, fresh. if you think in the middle of a war, Russia is at its alert state now than ever before since the, the, the Soviet Union collapsed. Do you want to tell me that at that state of alert, Russia was sitting there folding its arms and they could not pick up from one intelligence to the move, the physical move of uh, the Wagner forces into Russia. And, and, and no skirmishes, no one round of bullet fired, and, you know, the air forces and all that. Do you want to tell me that Russia is not capable of doing that? I doubt it. But also, there, there, there has been a historical relationship between the leader of Wagner forces and, and President Putin. Mm. There has been, you know, there, there's rumors that he's funding them, it is, you know, private army on the side and all that. I think they played them. I want to buy the story that they played the Americans and the West, you know, to, to say to them, let us have this simulation uh, to go and check what the West will be doing. And, and the, the minute this one started withdrawing and saying, peace, we are going back to our camps, Russia was busy firing missiles into, into Ukraine. So it actually diverted the attention of the ultra, but it also, I think Putin was testing the influence of the West in insurgent groups around Russia and the Russian people, because there are people who believe that uh, there's a rebellion in Russia, there's a suppression in Russia, and there, I think he was testing that to see, let me see who, who can I trust and who can I not trust there. Sure. And actually the Russian people were sitting there folding their arms and waiting for their government to respond. I think if this was real, Russia would have wiped those walls. They, they, they are very good force uh, 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 to be reckoned, but mm. I think there would have been a, a fierce battle between them and the Russian army. And if it was real, I doubt Putin would have said, it's fine, you can walk off into the sunset exactly. to exile. Yeah, if you have not then I don't think it was Because you would have made an example of him. I, I know that the, 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 the leader of the Wagner forces and the Russian uh, uh, you know, defense brass, the tropical, they, they, they have squabbles, there's jealousy. I mean, that he believes and he thinks he should be the one who would have been there with his forces, creating, you know, a separate force. Uh, he, he believes in that. But but I, I don't think President Putin is that, you know, relaxed or stupid that he would have let it to go mm. to that extent. I, I, I think this was well rehearsed and, and it tested the West and the rest was found wanting and mm. sleeping. Uh, but it's not helping regarding the, sure. the Ukraine-NATO war. We are still waiting for the report of the African brothers. We don't know what, what did they find. There's no report, nothing, silence. Uh, we'll wait. In fact, speaking of uh, Russia and Ukraine, the other day the ANC had a dialogue about Russia and Ukraine, and uh, a Russian ambassador, is Rogachev, Rogachev, yes, um, said, actually, no, there's no, no one is allowed to sit on the fence. You must pick a side. I, I think he has put a, a, you know, a, a, a thumb on them. This thing of sitting on the fence is going, it's not going to work. No, he said there's no time for neutrality in the modern world. And, and, and really, I think he's correct. They must decide whether we are friends with Russia or not. We can criticize. We can say we don't want a war and all, but we must take a position. And the dialogue, you know, I looked at the... Uh, unfortunately, the dialogue was an ANC dialogue. It was in Tenan, and uh, the representatives there with just one person. I didn't know the background of the lady there, but a lot of them were former diplomats. Mm. Ambassador Willie Lentapu, well-seasoned uh, former diplomat, former, you know, DDG at Derko. And, and at some stage, uh, 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 Mr. Nsapu was the security advisor to, to, to President Mbeki. So he's well-vested in this discussion. But it was intended it was a closed group. If you want a dialogue, mm. you don't you don't go into a dialogue with your wife and kids. You must bring your neighbors and your critics yes. so that they can ask hard questions. Ukraine and China didn't attend, but they were invited, though. Yes, uh, 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 but but I think the Chinese are very are taking a very uh, 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 clear stand on how this should be handled. But Ukraine is angry now. After this six African leaders visited. Ukraine is very angry with South Africa. They don't, the Ukrainian uh, ambassador is very upset with South Africa. Also, also for not taking a stand or criticizing Russia. Mm. So for a normal reason, you know, uh, uh, I think the Ukrainians will just distance themselves from South Africa and say, you know, these people are not helping us. I do not know 
how much power and influence South Africa has over President Putin. When people think, even if South Africa pronounces, it will make a difference. I doubt if it will make a difference. Yeah, like he, like he will care. He like, yeah, I don't think it will make There yeah. are people that President Putin will listen to more than South Africa. One, or, you know, if you look at Turkey, if you look at Belarus, if you look at China, and, and other powerful countries that not power only by size, but because of the relations, mm -hmm. military relations he has with them. With us, I think it is much more diplomatic nature, and, and he's got many diplomatic relations with many other countries that are not part of NATO. So I don't think it will make a difference. Uh, but again, uh, the situation with Russia and Ukraine, I think it has gone on for too long. We all never expected it to last for this long. Uh, uh, and the diplomatic dialogue is not working. So we are going to depend on Ukraine and Russia to decide. You know, these people are former siblings. You know, they are former fellow countrymen. Yeah. And it is going to take Ukrainians and Russians to sit down and say, where are we stopping this? They must exclude the West, must get out of it. Then I think the West must leave these two nations. People will say Russia is bullying Ukraine. But when did it start bullying them? What caused the bullying? We should look at those factors. Why did they end up in this situation? Mm -hmm. And 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 we are we are having our own problems at home that I think we should be dealing with. We are having the deputy president of the country being under fire, the SG of the ruling party. I think we should concentrate on domestic politics more, mm -hmm. not neglect the international and the global politics because they have an impact and influence on us. But I think we should concentrate on domestic politics at the moment. I was reading a post on social media this week um, when uh, Deputy President Mashatile was under attack and uh, someone was arguing that chances are it is the president's uh, faction that are making sure there's this storm happening around the deputy president. What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, are you surprised that that person wrote that? What are my thoughts? One, historically, and in politics, it is normal that towards the elections and mm. contestation, there will be stories coming, mushrooming and coming out. Mm. All these things that has been said about President, uh, Deputy President Mashatile yes. in the media, they are not new. We have known about them. They are on the Zondo Commission and all that. But look at how these things unfold. It started with the media. Then Chief Justice Zondo came and complained about the parliament and the government not acting on the commission. Remember, David President Mashatile is mentioned in the commission, mm. you know, mm. and in the commission report. Now, it's all over the media and the ANC inviting starts. It's normal towards the ANC, you know, the national elections. And people want President Mashatile or David President Mashatile to ascend. I mean, the, the story is very clear. Mm. Uh, they want him to ascend. Uh, the ANC itself is not happy with its own president. So the person who is suggesting that it may be the cabal or the, the, the group that is supporting Cyril uh, 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 I, 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 I won't rule that out. You know, and it happens. That, <clears throat> excuse me. Those who are in favor of the sitting president, we saw it with President Mbeki, mm. that the, 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 the former cabal of President Mbeki started attacking Deputy President Jacob Zuma at that time towards yes. Polokwani. Yes. Uh, cases and allegations and this. The Reverend Chikanis were all over running around and, and Sakima Kozomas. The NPA was being used to cry and say, stay where you are, uh, uh, Mr. Deputy President. Don't rush to come and remove our leader. The same is happening with uh, uh, Paul Mashatile. But uh, they are, I can tell you, they are dealing with a little bit, you know, a difficult and different political animal. Yeah. Uh, Paul has been there uh, uh, on the ground, started at very tender age of 16 into politics, occupied strategic position. He's known to be one of the Alexander Mafia, not mafia in sense of criminals or mm -hmm. the Italian mm -hmm. mafias. No, no, no. Alexander Mafia in the sense that, you know, Kokasi, the strong men to Kokasi, there'll yes, be that yes. group of yeah. people. And he has used that group. I actually think some people think he, he is the head of the Alexander Mafia. I, I don't think he's the most powerful man. I think the strategic person in the Alexander gang, it is actually the elder Maile. Uh, 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 there's an elder who's not into politics. Yes, yes. I think he's strategically placed. But I think Paul Mashatine is not going to take this down uh, lying low. Firstly, politically, the, the deputy president's office has issued a statement mm. to deny everything that has been said. Uh, it is worrisome as well that the secretary general of the ANC also mentioned something towards that. So I was sitting there asking myself, 
is Fikile Mbalula talking as the SG citing with President Ramaphosa or the position of the ANC? Because should there be a charge or a case open, or then Deputy President must step down or must face the Reverend Chikani Commission inside the ANC? Oh, he's the new... Uh, yes, he's the new chairperson yeah. now of the, what the Integrity Committee. Yes. So it, the next few weeks is going to be very interesting that Parliament is being put under pressure by Chief Justice Zondo mm. to action the commission report. The media, the opposition, and the one cabal in the ANC, they are putting very pressure to say, but this guy is tainted. This Deputy President Mashatile is tainted. Can he face the music? What are they going to do? They are going to use state resources. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people always talk about abuse of state, you know, entities to fight political battles. We are going to see that uh, coming out. We are going to see the ANC Integrity Committee mm -hmm. also working very hard. And it also depends who is heading the Integrity Committee, who are the members of the Integrity Committee. What is their relationship with, 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 with Paul Mashadile? But it's going to be a fierce battle. I can tell you, he's got the ground. He has worked the ground. He, 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 the, the other challenge that the other group in AZ have is that Paul Mashadile is not liked by the so-called white capital. They don't see him as a replacement to, you know, the white capital like President Ramaphosa. They've, they've actually pumped billions into his campaign. Mashatila does not have that muscle of billions like President Ramaphosa do, but he's got the ground. He's got the ANC on the ground. And he's a bit younger. Uh, that works to his advantage, you know, like all, all this oldies now. He's a bit younger. So it, it's going to be actually a battle of real politics and not money in this instance. Sure. Because he's going to work the ground, the branches, and people are talking of a change to say, can the new, you know, breed comes in and lead the ANC and lead the country? But ask yourself, why now? He has already won to become the deputy president. Yeah. So there's no ANC in the tip conference coming. It's the national elections coming. What is this saying to us? It's a sign that there are people inside the ANC who are saying when the national elections come, President Ramaphosa must not stand those elections, but it must be the deputy president. I think the push is going that direction. And in closing, a um, couple of weeks ago, we speculated about former Secretary General of the ANC, uh, Ace Mahashule, and, you know, would he start his own formation? Would he join the EFF? Uh, where would he go? He's keeping us hanging. Yeah. I think he's... he's there's he, been a lot of speculation. There's a lot of speculation, but I, I, I said, and let me repeat what I said the other time, I said I will doubt if he will join the EFF. Mm. Uh, and I think, again, uh, Julius played them. You know, he played them very nicely to say, uh, maybe he's meeting various people. The, the the provincial secretary of the ANC in the Free State has been begging to meet with him. But when Fikile Mbalula, the national SG of the ANC, was 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 in the province, he snapped him. He said, no, I'm not interested in meeting that person. Mm -hmm. and so I, I don't think it will help uh, Ace Mahashule to speak to Fikile Mbalula or the ANC. He, mm -hmm. he must draw the line and cut them off and decide where is he going? There's the EFF, there is the RET, there's him forming his own political party. Mm. My speculation is, or, 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 you know, analysis is, I think ACE is going to come with a political formation. And, and, and why that? You know, all these small parties that have been taking one seat, two seats, break away from the ANC, like the, what is the, the one that Mzanela Mani belonged to? Uh, they are making an impact on the on the votes of the ANC. Mm -hmm. I see him coming with they a chip away slowly. They're, they're chip very slowly. slowly. I call it I call it the wild dog approach. Mm -hmm. You know, if you see how, how wild dogs hunt an uh, old buffalo, the they e eat the it eat while it's running. While it's moving, yeah. And and that that's every vote who is who is anti-Ramaphosa. They've realized that if they're going to gain, mm -hmm. and this is the strategy, and it's working for them. And and and, and trust me, I know who's behind the whole thing. They, they decided. Are you, are you, are you, are you going to tell us? No, I will not tell them. No, they, they, they decided. <laughs> they decided, if they gang up against President Ramaphosa, mm. he's got the muscle, he's got the money, he's in charge, he's in government, and and they know each other. They know their scandals and skeletons, mm. and I said so. That's not the right way to do. The, the right way to do it, let's go and form this mushrooming smaller and political parties sure. that will eat a chunk of each. That's the only strategy that's going to, you know, destroy or remove the ANC out of power. Mm. A little bit there, a little bit there. Then they will regroup inside parliament like they're doing in municipalities. That's the only way to, to say that you will form a political party that will be powerful and overthrow the ANC. It's not going to happen in our lifetime. Mm. It is not. 
look at the EFF is a very strong force, very strong following. Their numbers have been increasing year in, year out. The DA has reached its ceiling with its, you know, uh, uh, elite votes. Therefore, what should happen? The ordinary people who were aligned with the ANC are sitting and say, but there is no alternative. Who can we trust? These people are all politicians. They are the same. So these politicians, they go and they form small groups and small groups. That's why we are going to end up with a multi-party government where there's no outright winner. I heard President Ramaphosa this past week saying it is silly of people to think that the ANC will not win the elections outright. I think the president is in for a shock. The ANC will not win the elections outrightly, especially with the challenges. The ANC is eating itself. You know, people are talking about imploding and all. I think the ANC is eating itself. It's breaking itself into pieces. And they, they may not want to believe. If I'm a member of a political party, I will not say my party will lose. No normal person does that. Mm. Uh, but I think the writing is on the wall. The time has come, and it has been 30 years, you know, almost that the ANC has been misruling this country. And the people are tired. Whether there's an alternative, it's not an issue. We have to create an alternative. An alternative, it comes different in South Africa, pieces and pieces. It has happened in other countries. Mm. You know, you look at the MDC uh, led by Chamisa in, in, in Zimbabwe. Now Tyson is coming with a little Zanu on the side. It has happened in Ghana and everywhere in Kenya that the ruling party, the former liberation movement, they get tumbled and new political parties, they grow sure. over time. It's not a once-off thing. Nobody will be an outright winner. But it's over time. It's just that we have very selfish politicians in South Africa. With all these political parties, imagine if they can say, towards the election, let's go with one vote. Mm. Let's go with one voice. Then the ANC will disappear. But everybody wants to be a leader. I was going to say, the problem is everyone sees themselves, fancies themselves as the president. So Yeah, that, that's the challenge. I mean, cope. Unless, the, unless the roller dies. Uh, there's always a solution. In politics, the dice will not work. <laughs> money, money works in politics. Rolling the dice is not going to work. I mean, look at Cope. Yeah. To this day, Cope is still fighting internal fights, mm. and that's the only thing that destroyed Cope. Despite that, at some stage, Julius Malema said ANC had a budget to destroy Cope. That face came and it was gone. They became their own worst enemies. They became their own worst enemies, and it's a clear sign that. If people form political parties to be leaders and to be relevant in the politics, they will not win. Sure. It will give the ANC more power and a longer power that South Africans are saying they are tired. But again, as I was driving to the studio this morning, I was thinking, do South Africans really want ANC out? Because uh, there was a discussion on one of the radio stations about uh, is, is President, uh, Deputy President Mashadile, a person with you know, integrity as well as ethics. Mm. And, and South Africans, one of the political analysts was saying, South Africans need an ethical leader to get lead them. I don't think so, Fresh. I don't think South Africans need ethical leaders because South Africans have been complaining about the corruption, the unethical conduct of ANC leaders. Mm -hmm. and, and they've been then voting them into power year after year. So which ethical leaders? I think South African voters are happy with the ANC. They regard them as ethical. They are happy with what the ANC has delivered. That's why they are voting them into power. The only time you will not bring a person back into a position is when you are not happy with that person. Then you won't bring that person back. The fact that they bring them back, the argument that because there's no alternative, I doubt there's the argument. Because when you are in a battlefield, the person who was your enemy, if he's fighting, the ANC will become your friend just to remove this big elephant in front of us. But people are not doing that. They're not taking their vote somewhere. They keep on taking it to the ANC. 12 million, 11 million voters, the last elections. Let's see how it comes next time. But I think South Africans are happy with the ANC. Unless come 2024 elections, South Africans must not vote the ANC. Then I will say, no, they were not happy. But boycotting elections, this is something also that our people must know. Boycotting elections actually gives ANC more power. Yes. Not, you know, if you behave like me and you don't vote, mm. I, I, you are not helping the situation. Yes. I, I don't vote. I don't believe in elections. I don't believe this thing system works. Mm. Totally not. I think it's flawed. It's controlled by those in power. But you also agree that you're disadvantaging... Yeah, you're disadvantaging the other parties. Yeah. How many Bhutans are there sitting and saying, uh, we are millions? Yeah. But trust me, if they can make an app on the phone or on my TV to vote, I don't want to wake up on a Saturday morning and go and queue and vote uh, for a party, you know, for a person. No, 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 no. Do it on an app. I can do it from the comfort of my bed. The youth, we spoke about it. Mm. How does the IEC think they will convince youth 
and tertiary institutions to vote when you don't take the vote to the people. Don't bring the people to come and vote. Take the why is the IEC not talking that language of saying we want the youth? They are, they are sitting there in shabins, in pubs, and all those things. You understand? If the elections are on a holiday, which will be a Thursday, yeah. they will go drinking Wednesday night. Exactly. Baba last on, on Thursday morning. Now, make, why don't you take the vote to the people? Mm -hmm. Then you will see youth will vote. Youth play on, 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 on what do you call these things? On apps and smartphones. So, so I, I think, I know it will not happen now. The time is very short to mm -hmm. get where you know, electronic voting system sure. at the moment. But I think the country, you know, Deputy President Mashatile is in charge of government business. He must start talking about how to win the youth back, create an IEC election app. Simple as that. Sure. Now, uh, in closing, um, because like you're saying, you, like many people, believe voting is a waste of time because the system is broken. So how do you reconcile that and your agreeing that we disadvantage everyone else when we don't vote. Well, look, that one is personal. Well, we are something. It's very personal. But for me and for my point mm. is that um, if people believe in a system, mm. they will support it. If I believe in a voting system, in the, the democratic process, I was about I don't. Mm. But the other people who don't vote, I don't think it is it is it is because of the political system they believe sure. in. I think it's the same. These people is the same. Politicians are liars. Many people think is that these people are the same. It will not change my life. It will not make a difference. I think it will make a difference. You incentivize it. You start doing. Let me tell you. For example, I've taken a conscious decision that comes the next local elections where I stay. Guess who I'm gonna vote? And I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for the Freedom Front Plus. Because of what I see, not because I believe in their, uh, you see, I'm becoming selfish. I believe in their policies and manifesto mm. and their white racist party. No, 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 that has nothing to do with me. I look at what the Freedom Fight Plus candidate is doing in my ward where I live. Mm. When one street pulp is off, that person runs out. Now, you see, I'm now voting for it's a personal. It's yeah, personal. it's personal. I'm not, it's no longer a political conscience. But nationally, I wouldn't want the DA or the Freedom Front Plus to can go and rewrite the, mm -hmm. the, the laws of this country. You know, that there are political parties, you know, the Black First, Land First, the Pan-Africanist Congress, that I think, Azapo, that I think they can, they can take care of the black majority. So my vote, if I decide to vote there, mm -hmm. will be completely different. Sure. But they should, you see, I've got an incentive. Mm -hmm. I've been incentive, but why do I want to vote Freedom Front Plus? Because I'm benefiting from their work where I stay. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying nationally, you are asking how we can reconcile that. So basically, you're telling us that you stay somewhere in Pretoria. Yeah, no, well, I, you know, I tell, I tell people that actually I stay in Verwoodsbeck. Yes. If, if you recall, Centurion yes. used to be called Verwoodsbeck. Exactly. And, and it's okay. Uh, uh, I'm comfortable there. It's mm. fine. It, and it's a choice. I, I'd be, if I had a chance, I would stay in Orania, you know, to, to get the benefits, not because I agree with them, mm. but to get the benefits of solar and security and, and farming, I mean, land farming. But they must incentivize our youth and our people. Mm. Start taking the political benefits to the people. And they must be tangible. Mm. Don't come and tell the laymen that we have made trade trillion from foreign direct investment and they don't see that. Mm. People should be able to say, you know, 10 years back when I went to vote there, there was no tar road. Mm. But this time there is a tar road that makes me to go there. Very tangible thing. Sure. Paul Mashatila comes from Alexander, for example. Look at Alex. It has been, you know, in squalor. And actually when we talk of Alex, we talk of big rats. Yeah. We talk of crime. That's, Alexander is known for that. Mm. And certainly that's one of the townships of South Africa that has produced the most prominent people mm. in this country, sure. whether it's artists, whether it's politicians. But give people tangible results uh, for them to say, I need to go and vote because I, we have been voting historically for politics. 1994, we don't count it. Sure. People are excited. So... It's different now. The youth are asking different questions. Mm. Why should I vote? What is in for me? Who's this person? What can he do for me? They drive big fleshy cars. You understand? If I will go into politics, I will take all the blue lights from ministers mm. and MECs. I mean, MMCs are in blue lights. But what? Mm. Those monies must be used to be plowed back to the communities. But, but sadly, it's the politics on the continent. There's a, this self-importance 
uh, where our politicians on the continent want to be treated as demigods. But why uh, fresh? You, 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 you are fresh. You are driving yourself to the studio. I drive myself to the studio. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow we said to go and contest elections. The people vote us into those positions. Why, what are we hiding from? Why do we want these bodyguards? When actually our bodyguards are supposed to be those who voted us into power. Yeah. They want bodyguards. They want this because they are thugs. They are criminals. They need protection. That's why they need that. If, if I live in a township and the people of that town have voted me into a mayor or a council in that township, I would not need bodyguards because the people have placed me there. And you would live with them. I would live with them. Mm. Instead of staying in Centurion while I'm contesting elections at Olive and Old Port Township, it's not right. And, and the people must wake up, not the government this time. The people must wake up and say, our community leaders must come and live with us. You know, I was involved in some ANC matter last week with the conference that was supposed to happen in, in the Northwest, mm -hmm. the regional conference that was postponed. And, and one of the people that I'm rooting for, mm -hmm. for own reasons, and who knows my influence in the Northwest said, but hey, that committee is giving me problems when I hear you've got influence. Can you talk to the community leaders? I said, I will do it. As I was doing it, you know what the people said? Mm -hmm. The chiefs and they were like, that man of yours is living in Gauteng. He's not staying here. Yes, we know him. He's our child. He, he grew up here. But he knows nothing about us. So he's staying in Houghton. That was one of the alarms. And so I went back to this guy. Luckily, the, the conference was postponed. So uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of political work on the sides, not only in the studio. Botswana, I think we're done. Uh, we've uh, said uh, more than 20 mouthfuls. Thank you. Uh, Thank, you Thank you very much. Where do we find your social media? Uh, Botswana.m at gmail.com. Sure. At Botswana. Uh, M in Twitter, mm -hmm. as well as both some we are on Facebook. All things being equal, next week we'll be doing part two of Up Close and Personal with Botsang. If you have any questions for Botsang, uh, you can actually email waw at africapodcastnetwork.com or you can actually put them at the bottom of the comments uh, on this broadcast. And uh, yeah, let's get up close and personal with Botsang, part two, all things being equal next week. Thanks, my brother, and thanks to the viewers. Thank you, Bozang, and uh, shout out to every single one of you that bothers to tune in. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and uh, tell everyone around you about us. Shout out to Amp Studio, Africa Podcast Network, Pezulu Works for the Cinematography, our imaging specialist, Otis the Flo Fraser, and our guest, Bozang Mudimuami Mui Lua. And lastly, shout out to our creative director, Kuvesh Mohan, and show producer, Gelezo Mudisa Keng. Have a wow Politics Week, in spite of yourselves.